Welcome to God's Table Talk, where real-life stories and testimonies of faith are brought to the table. And now, here's your host, Paul Eck. And right now on God's Table Talk, we're talking with Wade Rodermund. He is from Jonesboro, Arkansas. Wade, welcome to God's Table Talk. Are you there, Wade? Glad to be here. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. And um, Wade, tell us a little bit. You're from Arkansas originally. Give us a little bit of your kind of a little short history of your life. Um, I was born in El Dorado, Arkansas. Um, Grew up in Camden, about 30 minutes away. Um, Basically, I guess you could say come from a broken home. My dad left when I was four. Um, my mom ended up getting remarried, um, grew up with a great stepdad. Um, he was always there for me, but I would never let myself get close to him because of, you know, my dad leaving and, you know, at a very young age of being in fifth grade, um, I had one of my closest friends pass away Mm. and then, in eighth grade again had a very close friend pass away and then also again in 11th grade i had one of my best friends pass away and so i was just always would never really let anybody get close to me i wouldn't get close to anybody because i always had that fear of them going away uh getting taken away something bad happening always so i just kind of kept to myself and tried to keep my distance from anybody and everybody. So now your your three friends who passed away, they die in accidents or did they have like did they die from like uh from from different kinds of ailments or what happened? Um in fifth grade it was a car wreck. Um he was on his way to school and his mom got T boned and it was on his side. Um he died instantly. Uh eighth grade also it was a during a football game, um, junior high football game, he had gotten hit and it hit him in a spot that nobody knew that was a soft spot still in his head and automatic instant, you know, he was gone. Um, and then when I was in 11th grade, um, with my friends at his house, uh, smoking weed actually, and somebody had laced it with something we still were not sure what and it caused his heart to explode and so that was that was that Mm. wade how old are you i am 35 okay so you you've dealt with quite a bit of you dealt with a lot of a lot of death and stuff in a short amount of time as a as a young as a child how did you process like in fifth grade? What, how did you process that whole thing of your, of your friend being gone all of a sudden? Uh, it was one of the things I really didn't know exactly, you know, what was going on. It was still for, you know, the whole nother month, at least, you know, I can remember still asking, you know, why, why didn't he at school? When's he coming back to school? And, you know, mom and them kept saying, you know, he's, he's not. And, you know, they're going off with that. He's in a better place. And it's like, well, 
you know, well, well, if he's in a better place, why am I still here? I mean, I want to be where he's at, you know, because that's a better place. And just, you know, as a kid, it's, you know, when they tell you, you know, somebody's going on to a better place, you're just like, well, I want to be in a better place. I don't <laughs> So were you, when you were growing up, and I know you said your dad left at four, were you going to church with your parents? Did they, did they go to church or have any, did you have any exposure to Christianity or Jesus or God at that time? I did. Um, my grandma and my mom both uh, were Assembly of God um, every Sunday, Wednesday, and they they drug me with them. Uh, a lot of time I didn't want to go. I was just like, hey, I could stay home and watch cartoons or you know, stay home and watch something or you know play in my room. But you know, I just I went because I was made to go. Um, and then I would sit there and not really pay attention, not, you know, just be a typical kid of, I, I really want to play or, you know, just kind of talk while they're trying to listen is, you know, instead of stuff that, you know, my kids knew now. And I'm like, I kind of want to get mad at you, but I remember doing this myself and, you know, it's, <laughs> um, Pretty much all of my life, um, from early childhood all the way through teen, I was in church. Um, teenage years were a little bit different. It, it ended up being a I went because I had to. To I was going as a way to get out of the house. Like, okay, my parents are not going to let me go hang out with these people, but they'll let me go to church. So it was just a way to get out of the house and get away and play basketball and hang out with friends and stuff like that. And it wasn't, uh, I was never actually going for the right reasons. Yeah. So then you mentioned the last, your last friend who died, you were smoking marijuana. So you're like a lot of teenage kids get involved in alcohol and drugs and that sort of thing. Did that continue as you became an adult and moved into your adult life? It did not so much of, the marijuana, but I became really dependent on alcohol. Um, definitely got addicted to alcohol. Uh, it was, it's, I, I still did, you know, I, I would smoke weed every once in a while, not near as much as we were. Um, that actually kind of got me away from it a little bit, but it kind of got me more into alcohol of, okay, weed, I still remember stuff that's going on when I smoke it, but, you know, alcohol, I can forget, you know. And was it trying to forget your, the loss of three friends? What were you trying to forget? Pretty much everything. Um, the memories of that, um, memories of, from my dad leaving and, you know, sitting there as a kid with my bags packed, sitting at the door waiting on him to show up to get me on a weekend that it was supposed to be my weekend with him and him never showing up and just rebelling like crazy, I guess would be the way to say it. Um, pretty much still trying to push away my stepdad who was trying to really step up and be the dad that I needed and I wouldn't let him. 
Yeah, I think people have a hard time understanding, even a small child, a lot of times in a divorce will, will, will blame themselves or put the blame on themselves or think, oh, it's something I did. That's why mom or dad has left and they don't want to be with me anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did, I did for a lot of times. I, I would ask, you know, what did I do? You know, why, why didn't he want, why doesn't he want us? You know, it wasn't just a, why didn't he want me? I was like, well, what did I do to drive him away from not only me, but my mom too. Um, and, you know, she, it was always, it was a nothing you did, you know, you couldn't, but it's still, I blamed myself for a long time that, you know, maybe I could have been better. Maybe I could have, I could have done something or I could have done something to make him, as I got older, make him want to be involved, make him, you know, want to have something to do with me. So now let's talk about your adult life. What do you do? What do you do for a living? I am a server slash cook slash bartender slash host at a restaurant. <laughs> Pretty much do it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You must be in a small town because I've done that before myself. <laughs> so then um, are you married? Do you have children of your own? I am married. Um, I have five kids. From ages 17 down to 10 months. Wow. Okay. All right. So then let's move forward to the very recent past. Uh, February, you got saved. Give us the story of how this all came about. What was what was going on in your life? Um, well, I had actually completely given up on... God, um, everything. I was living my own life the way I wanted to live it. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say I turned away from religion um, because I started getting into the Norse mythology with like Odin and, you know, Loki and Floki and all the gods from the North Norse mythology. Um, basically the whole Viking lifestyle. That was what I was living. <laughs> let me, let me ask real quick. What was the draw? To, I've not had anybody I've talked to that's fallen. That's gone into that. What was the draw of that? Freedom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, you know, just, it's that whole of, you know, you get into that mentality of you dictate your life. Um, you are in control of everything that happens. You know, nothing happens in your life that you don't put there. You don't pursue. You don't, it, you know, if, if say I got, a new car, you know, it was, I'm the reason I got that car. You know, it wasn't a, okay, well, you know, something made this happen. Something put the finances there. Something put all this in motion. It was, I went to work. I did everything that I needed to do and I made this happen. And it's just, it's that, you know, complete freedom and 
not having to worry about if I do this, what's going to be the consequence? Is it going to, you know, is it going to hinder my afterlife? Basically, it's just do what you want to do and don't worry about anything else. So I guess at some point that became something that you realized wasn't, wasn't true or wasn't sustaining. Um, well, actually even leading up to, um, me and my wife had actually had a conversation about it. She, she had been going back to church and had really got, you know, refilled with the spirit and, was becoming that godly woman that she was before and when we got together. And I mean, I was seeing that and I was like, you know, we had the conversation. I was like, you know, I know that's what you're doing and I'm happy for you because I know that's what makes you happy, but this is what makes me happy. And our pastor was laughing another day when we were talking about it. Cause I literally told her that night, nothing's going to change that. Nothing is going to change the way I feel right now. This is, this is the life that I'm living and I'm happy with it. Um, I do. I was still battling with depression and stuff like that, but I was still happy in where I was at. Okay, you mentioned that night. Explain what happened later that night after you had said nothing was going to change this. Um, well, it, it, it wasn't that night. It was a little bit before. Uh, but I went to work um, on a Saturday, and I come home, and I was like, she had been asking me to come to church with her and invite me, her and the kids were going, and I was like, no, I can go to work, or I've got this to do, or that to do, or, you know, I just coming up with any excuse that I could to not go, and I'd come in and told her, I was like, all right, it's like, I'm going to go to church with y'all in the morning, and she said, are you sure, and I said, yeah, I said, I'll go, and then that Sunday morning, we got up, and I was like, I'm not going. <laughs> it's like, I know I told you I would go, but I'm not going. Uh, I'd had, I'd had a fracture in my foot and my foot was in a boot. Um, and it was hurting that morning. So I was trying to use that as the excuse of why I wasn't going to go. Um, and she kind of, she kind of done that life thing that she doesn't really say anything but she kind of gives you the looks of you know you said you were going and you're going whether you like it or not and so i was like oh you know what as long as she won't bother me anymore i will go just to make her happy and so she will quit inviting me i'll go i was like i'm, I'm in pain but i'll suck it up and i'll go and so I got ready. We went sitting through the service. I was really uncomfortable. I was like, you know, I was like, I really don't know why I'm here. I don't want to be here. Um, 
it's is a non-denominal church that she was going to and there was a lot of you know dancing running around speaking in tongues and i was like hey i've, I've seen this pretty much my whole life from my grandma and mom taking me to church but this is still really uncomfortable i i just don't want to be here and she was standing at the back of the church and after the service was over they started doing the altar call and i got up and i was going to tell her that i would be sitting in the car whenever she got done and got ready to get the kids i would be in the car because i was just not having it and the pastor was standing on the stage he was sitting there talking and he pointed me out in the back of the church as i was trying to walk out um about my foot and he said you having any issue or he said do you have a broken foot and i was like i'm a big guy but i was trying my hardest to be invisible like hoping he was talking to somebody else and he said it again and i was like i got a fracture um and one of the other pastors had come back and was like you know hey hey can i pray for your foot and i was like okay this is going to be another thing like my wife they're just going to keep on so i was just like yeah sure go ahead i'll let you do what you need to do um as long as it'll help me get out of here and he got down and you know put his hand on the boot and that already had me kind of weirded out a little bit because i do not like feet i'm not i don't want to touch my own feet i don't want to touch nobody else's feet and i don't want nobody touching my feet um even though it was a boot and he was still it was still close too close to my feet and it was making me uncomfortable even more and they he kept praying for it and there's other guys in the church that would come through and i saw my wife standing over there praying and i was just like okay let's get this over with let's go do and my foot was hurting and he prayed and then he asked me he goes how is it now same better worse i said it's it's still the same like it's you know because i still had in my mind it was like i don't know why you're even doing this it's i mean it's a fractured foot it's gonna heal when it's gonna heal i was like it's still the same i mean you're not a doctor you haven't done anything you just sit there and put your hand on it and started saying words so like it's still the same and so he started praying more and even harder and so did everybody else and it went from like the pain that was in there from the fracture and just being on it went from that pain to like a burning feeling inside my foot it felt like my foot was on fire and then from that it went to it felt like the inside of my foot was being like stretched and ripped apart like like i could like i could feel it like the tendons and muscles and everything and it just felt like they were being stretched and ripped and i was like it's like i've got it's like we've got to get this boot off it is it's hurting bad like it it really got to the point where i was like i've got to take this boot off 
it felt like my foot was expanding so much that the boot was just getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And I was like, we got to get it off and get the boot off. And I found out later that one of the guys that was there was praying. He was praying. He said, make the boot hurt to where he has to take it off. Make the boot hurt his foot. And so they took it off. We got it off. And then they actually got their hands on my foot. And I was still in a way like, okay, y'all are making my foot hurt so bad. Y'all have got to stop. I've got to get away. I've got to get out of here. And I was thinking that in my mind, but I couldn't ever get it out. Like I couldn't say anything. And as they kept going, I – I could just like it went from that feeling of everything being ripped to absolutely nothing. Like there was no pain, like nothing. I I kind of put my foot down. I was like, okay. I was like, what? It, have I reached that level of pain that you know it's gone numb and I can't feel anything? And so I kind of put my foot down, and he was still praying, and it you know. It's, just more and more movement going through and I hadn't been able to put my foot flat without it being in that boot for a a while Uh, yeah almost a year and uh, my foot went completely flat and I I mean there was no pain with it at all and I just I kind of started taking a few steps um, just kind of back and forth right there where we were standing as everybody was still praying. And I was like, okay, I was like, I'm going to take these steps and then it's going to, it's going to get to where the pain's back. I was like, I'm, I'm doing this. I know that way the pain's going to come back. It's going to, I'm going to mess with it enough that it's going to come back. And then I know some of them don't really believe <laughs> What is it? But I, I went from taking those, like, I remember taking those few steps. And then the next thing I remembered, I looked down and my son was running beside me because I'd started running laps around the church. And I didn't even realize I was running until I looked down and saw him running beside me and looking up at me, smiling and everything else and one of the women in the church said something to my wife was like you hadn't seen him run like that in a long time and she said we've been married for seven years i ain't never seen him run (laughs) i just i had no pain whatsoever in my foot at all and after i got done i went i was still back at the back and they was asking me i was like how's it feel and i was like it's it's fine. I was like, I don't feel any pain whatsoever. Uh, I haven't been pain free in a very long time. And it was just like, as they were talking, you know, he asked me, he said, have you ever, you know, have you ever given your life? You know, have you ever given your heart to Jesus? And I was like, well, when I was little, I, you know, said the prayer when I was at church with my grandma because, you know, the pastor was like, repeat after me. And I was like, okay, well, you know, repeat after me. So I said it. I was like, but it wasn't a, 
it wasn't one of those I meant it things. It was I was saying it because he said repeat after me. And I'd done been to doctors and everything else over my foot. And then I was like, what made this pain go away? There was, it was just like one of those, it's just supernatural miracles. <laughs> it's like, there's, there's no way this pain just went away. There's something had to happen. Like, what caused this? And it's still like that was running through my mind. And he was like, you know, do you want, do you want to now? It's like, do you want to make that decision? Do you want to give your life to Jesus? And I was like, yeah, it just, like, it just, it come over me. And I was like, yes, I want it. I want to. And it was at that moment that. I meant it for the first time. Like I meant it. I wanted, I wanted that life. I wanted Jesus to come into my heart, cleanse me from everything that I had been doing, that I'd done, that I'd said. Um, so I ended up praying with him then the next week. Ended up getting baptized and never been the same since. Yeah, never been the same since. And it's just been, I could honestly say, just blessing after blessing. <laughs> uh, I, I'm guessing we have your, uh, your, and I say this lovingly, your nagging wife behind you. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's gotta be, uh, do you feel like somebody out of the Bible where you, where you read in the Bible about Jesus healing somebody, do you kind of feel that way of yourself now? Yeah, we, it's like every, every since that Sunday, every, um, prayer service we've been to, anything somebody's always they talk about you know the blind being able to see and the deaf being able to hear and it's like man i kind of feel like i'm in that company now like yeah. it's i mean i could walk but it was with a whole lot of pain that i did and it's like now i i feel like i'd walk everywhere if i could yeah so you said you you know you've changed. What's changed? What do you see, or what does your family see? The biggest change in you? What what kind of what kind of changes are we talking about? Oh, you want me? To What's the that? biggest change you see? <laughs> oh, you're gonna bring the expert in. <laughs> well, he uh, he kind of left this part out, but we had actually been separated for three years, um, and we had just gotten back together right before this all happened and uh, he really went from just being a before he was negative about everything it was my biggest pet peeve about it uh he hated people he he was miserable to be around <laughs> um 
because he he just he seemed miserable like he didn't care about his own life he didn't care what happened um and ever since then he is he's been the spiritual leader of our house you know i'm not used to not being the boss <laughs> sometimes he'll say hey i think you need to do this this way and i'll be like oh my goodness that is so right <laughs> He has been the leader. He's been the one that gets us up for church. You know, I was so afraid that after that first Sunday, I would still have to fight to get him out of bed every Sunday morning and say, hey, do you do you want to go to church this week? You want to go to church this week? But our church has church on Sundays, Wednesdays, occasionally on Thursdays, on Saturdays. And uh, he has been pulling me to the door every time they're open. Um, he really became the head of the household like God intended. Wait, for those who, what's your, what is your wife's name? Audrey. Audrey. See, Audrey, let me ask you a question since you're going to, you want to be, you're going to be a part of this now. Um, <laughs> were you, how, were you praying for him at this through, through, for a long time for him to be saved and to become that man? Or was, was this uh, just, um, you know, you were trying to get him to go to church. You thought it'd make him feel better. I actually started fasting for him on February 7th. So I'd been fasting for him for 21 days. I had a 21 day fast. And that morning, one of the guys in the church told me that God told him to let me know that I was going to have my husband back um, in a way that I'd never seen him before. And just to be patient, it was going to come when I least expected it. And I, at that moment, was actually discouraged instead of encouraged because I was like, I'm going to be fasting for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, God, I'm hungry. <laughs> but uh, he, we went to church that Sunday. And, and, uh, and like I said, he's never been the same since. What was going through your mind when he, when all this began? Because obviously... Uh, I'm thinking you weren't involved in them pointing him out or praying over his foot or anything. What was going through your mind as you all of a sudden you watch him start to be prayed over. And the next thing you know, he's doing laps around the church. <laughs> well, I was actually um, at the back praying for him, talking to the guy who had said something to me that morning, telling him that I was tired of fasting. <laughs> and when Wade got up, I didn't know what he was doing. He got up and he was, I was like, are you hurting? You just need to walk around. He was like, no. I said, well, do you need to go to the bathroom? It's over there. He said, no. And that was when the pastor called him out as he was telling me he was going to the car. And um, I was like, oh, goodness gracious. Called him out. Everybody turned around, looked at us. And uh, for the first week, honestly, I don't think I even told him this, but I was very, very doubtful. Um, I, I went to the leaders of the church numerous times crying because there were so many times I saw him in the years prior change who he was to fit who he was around. Um, he never really seemed to find what was truly him. Um, until that last year when, like he said, he went into the Norse mythology. Before that, it was all about what everybody else wanted. Um, and I was really afraid that it was all because 
I was pushing him to go to church. And I was actually, I went to the nursery to change the baby when he started running. <laughs> um, and my friend poked her head in the door and she said, Audrey, your husband's running laps around the church. And I laughed at her. I did. And when I peeked out the door, that was when the lady said, it's been a long time since you've seen him run like that, huh? <laughs> and I didn't mean to let it slip out of my mouth. <laughs> but I told her, I said, we've been married seven years and I've never seen him run in my life. And I haven't. I mean, there's a lot of things that he says he does. Now, recently, uh, last night, I think he was called to play the drums at our church. I've never in my life seen him play the drums. And to be honest, he probably doesn't know this. I'm not sure he knows how to play the drums. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna find out next week i think <laughs> so wade do you have musical ability you've been hiding from your wife <laughs> uh i used to i used to play the drums in secular bands um, <coughs> um I, some of my family had started bands and i would play for them um I did when I was in high school, I would play the drums during our youth services and stuff at church just because somebody saw me playing at the school one day and was like, hey, you can play the drums. We need a drummer at church. And so I was like, well, I'm going to play basketball anyway, so might as well play. And it just, but I've, I, I haven't played in a long time. <laughs> I pretty much had moved on from that part of my life and it was like yeah I'm, I'm not playing anymore i just i haven't felt the need or the want to to play um, and then yeah we had one of our prayer services last night and i just i started praying and i just started getting a feeling you know deep down in the pit of my stomach and I was just I kept being drawn to the drum kid that was on the stage and ended up going up there and sitting behind it and it's pretty much was like you know if this is where you want me to be if this is where I need to be let me know and still not Still not 100% completely led to play, but it was one of them that, you know, it was like, I know what you can do. I trust in you completely. So if this is where you're calling me to be and where I need to be, let me know and I will do it. Hmm. So still waiting on that, waiting on that confirmation. Sure. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Do you, are you still processing? Cause this is a big thing and it's only been a couple of months. You still processing or what, why did this happen when it happened? All those kinds of things, or are you just, okay, God, you got me. Let's go. Still processing. I actually just said something to her earlier today of, you know, I spent my whole life doing this now. You know, I've, I've prayed, I've asked God, you know, what's my purpose? You know, what's, you know, why now? And I was like, I haven't heard anything. I haven't. So I was like, I, I just, I need, 
I need somebody to prophesy that what is what's my purpose you know why why has this happened you know why now why at this stage of my life you know it's yeah so yeah i'm still processing of why why now <laughs> let's talk to you about your mom and your grandma they must be pretty excited is grandma i'm assuming grandma and mom are still around aren't they oh yeah they must be pretty excited at the new at the new Wade. Um, from what they've talked to me, yeah, they still live down south, about about three and a half four hours away from here. Um, so they haven't actually come up here and seen me. They've just just the conversations on the phone. But yeah, my grandma. She's been super excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm willing to bet because I know an awful lot of hard praying prayer warrior women. I'm willing to bet Grandma has been praying about this for a lot of years, and this was a answer to her prayers after who knows how many years. And the same for your mom. Definitely. <laughs> and his in laws. <laughs> and my in laws. <laughs> and your in laws. Well, there you go. That's good. That's that's great to that all that happens. So um, now as you begin your walk, obviously you got an advantage because you obviously have a wife who's very strong in a walk as well. And you have people around you who are strong in their beliefs to help you. What, I mean, are you reading the Bible now? Or are you doing a lot more praying? What kind of things are you doing? Um, well, I've actually started praying a lot more. Um, I'm still, I actually texted one of my pastors a little bit ago and i was like you know this i don't understand the bible at all i was like is there you know a version out there that i guess is like bible for dummies <laughs> that you know i could read that's going to help me understand this more and he actually told me which one he has and so i just ordered it just a little bit ago um but I've, I've always been a musical person. Like I've always, music has always been my thing. I would listen to music for everything that I was doing. Um, and so I've started my journey to work has been, you know, I listen to worship music on my way to work. Um, I pray on my way to work. I pray when I get to work, you know, I pray over the building, before I walk in, I pray over the people that I'm working with, which is definitely a big step because <laughs> I I have hated the people I work with. <laughs> like, I've been to the point where if I was always, y'all could just quit and never come to work, and I would be okay with that because I would not have to see you, deal with you, nothing. And you know, since it's been you know, every day, I look at the list of the people I'm working with and I just go over the list and pray for every single one of them. And it's because I've gotten to know them in this past year and a half that I've worked with them. And so I know, I know the life, the type of lives that they live. And, and I just, 
when we go to the prayer services, I that is my main thing. I'm, you know, praying for a touch for them or, you know, for me to be able to, you know, reach them um, and with them knowing me and the life that I've been living and the things that I've been into, you know, to be able to see the difference and, you know, start wanting that themselves. Um, I mean, I've had a couple of them start asking me, you know, where do you go to church and, you know, stuff like that, but they haven't took that next step. It's just been a, you know, just the, the beginning of, you know, where do you go? Um, but, you know, I just keep pressing on still trying to get them there. Well, and I imagine too, they know what kind of pain you were dealing with and the injury you had. And all of a sudden you come back and the boot's gone and you're not in pain. They're like, well, what in the world did you do? I'm having a feeling that your testimony is something that is very strong and, and it will attract people more than it will distract people. Right? Yeah. Definitely. Um, we're actually already starting to see some of that come into effect um, just from the live video that I shared on Facebook. Uh, I, you know, I've had some of the guys from church ask me, they're like, well, how is it, you know, how's it doing? And I'm like, you know, I really don't know. I haven't looked back. And like today I looked at it. Uh, when one of the guys asked and I was like, it's already up to over 500 views and, you know, it's been shared multiple times through different things, people in different States. And, um, we actually had somebody from out of town that had seen it and they were driving in to where we live last night because they were going to come to our prayer service and the devil attacked them on their way here and they weren't able to make it. But, you know, we're still, we're still praying and hoping that they will make it. And, you know, other people will too. It's our church has, you know, a saying that there'll be more than a church until Jonesboro looks like heaven. Um, we want a revival for our entire city, but we want the world to capture as well. We want it to take over. You know, we, we want to reclaim this territory to the Lord. Thank you for tuning in to God's Table Talk. You can listen to the podcast on these seven platforms, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Breaker. Don't listen to podcasts? You can find us on YouTube as well with full interview footage. All you have to do is search God's Table Talk. Want to share your testimony? Send us an email at info.godstabletalk at gmail.com to schedule your interview. 
That's info.godstabletalk at gmail.com. At God's Table Talk, we hope you will be blessed, but most importantly, that you will be a blessing.